0: nation what's going on it's your guys from offside Clark Monroe, dylan fournier talking about well the least week that was with the weekender in your ears and guess what maple leafs lucky number seven that's what we're calling it the week that was boys this team was a rolling someone had a james roberts four and zero, and it was the maple leafs getting their done against bad teams good teams and teams in between scoring 50 300 point marks there was a lot of check marks happening this week for the Maple Leafs on the week that was. Boys, we'll go around the horn here. What was your marquee moment this week? You can't take Austin Matthews' fiftieth goal because it really doesn't mean much because he's going to score seventy. So what is your marquee moment this week for the Leafs, Clark Monroe?
1: Oh, there was a lot. I'm going to have to go with uh, because I'm going to get. I'm going to let Dylan have the big no no I'm letting you have the one nope. I'm gonna go
2: no because I'll probably get it wrong you say that every time and I always get it wrong so you have to yeah. say it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go off uh, and say uh Max Domi uh his big game uh that's what I was day. gonna go with okay never mind I didn't say that I'm gonna say Tyler <laughs> <Sorry>. Bertuzzi's hat trick <laughs> just just uh putting a exclamation point on the week against Colorado Tyler Bertuzzi's hat trick uh but there were so many good ones and we'll get to those later in the in the uh, episode here but how can you not pick a birthday hat trick for a guy who's been struggling, who's about to pop off for the rest of the year, Tyler Bertuzzi? Let's go.
2: Who also scored his 100th goal in that
0: game. There you
1: go. I told exactly. you
0: milestones plenty this week. Dylan, what's your uh, marquee moment? Mine is Domi. However, I just
2: want to compliment the fact that Domi and Bertuzzi came into this team together and have found each other. And I love the moment of Domi posting him singing happy birthday to Bert as they were walking across the tarmac this, year, this week. It was awesome to see that.
0: Yeah, well, for me, the camaraderie this on this team is, is coming together, boys. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. It doesn't matter who's in, who's up, who's down. It's next man up mentality. These guys are playing for each other. My marquee moment this week was Sheldon Keefe willing to finally break up the power play unit, to finally move guys into positions to succeed and not putting Morgan Riley immediately back with TJ Brody, leaving things alone that organically came together. So for me, it's Sheldon Keefe's coming out party five seasons in. Welcome to the league, boys. He's finally figured it out. He's got some magic minutiae going with this squad. But the week that was for this team, Is beautiful. They win four games, but it's not just by oh they beat the Arizona Coyotes. Oh they beat the scuttering St. Louis Blues. Hey they beat the Vegas Golden Knights, injury depleted or not. That team knows how to win when they're injured. They know what to do. They beat the Colorado Avalanche
1: at home. Vegas at
0: home. home. They beat the Colorado Avalanche, a team by the way that was up two nothing. Oh hey hey, remember a few Saturdays ago when the Leafs were up three nothing on Colorado and they flipped the script. Welcome to what it feels like, ABS fans, when the Leafs go ahead and get the job done. This squad came together on all fronts, though. It's not just a power play. It's straight through the lineup, which we will talk about. I'm freaking happy, though, because this squad held on to third in the Atlantic, and they're trying to catch the guys in front of them. And by golly, do they have a chance with the week that's coming up? But is there anything else from this week that you guys want to touch on before we move on to the next point?
2: There was one thing, and it was kind of more evident in the uh, Vegas game, but I think it was the first time that we have seen this team score a goal in every single different way. I mean, we won puck battles. We got off- offensively like, uh, odd man rushes. We had guys tipping in pucks, and that was Matthews. Who I think has probably scored his first goal of the year without shooting the puck, which I thought was pretty
1: amazing. They got that one. He got that one off the shoulder. Is that what you're talking about? No,
2: just the tip. Holmberg. Oh. Holmberg shot that all, well? and yeah. he was just like, "I'll, I'll yeah. just put my
0: stick on this for I'll you." I'll never not laugh yeah. when someone says just the tip. Sorry. <laughs> my my child, shiny brain is, is just makes that laugh.
2: Um, you saw JT coming through on the third line. Uh, after we will talk night. about that. Don't don't jump ahead my buddy. I'm just I'm just explaining that game. And then uh McCabe McCabe came out and scored uh a, a beauty uh one-timer. Um I I thought that game really demonstrated that uh you know, we can score on every sing- in every single aspect and uh I I thought it was very exciting to see especially against the uh Stanley Cup
0: champions. Clarky
1: yeah, there's, there's so much. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is the Leafs have finally found a pairing partner for Morgan Rielly, the guy we've been asking for for years, William Lagasin. <laughs> I,
0: no,
1: I thought you were that's, not
0: it. For I was all that's not it.
1: That's not it. That's uh, not it. But, yeah, no, it, it was such a good week. There was a lot of the secondary scoring showed up. We heard about Joseph Wall getting healthy and coming back. He had a really good game with the Marlies this week. So that's encouraging. Sammy's been playing really well. Um, you know, there's, uh, the physicality is coming out to play. I thought Ryan Reeves even showed up a little bit here and there throughout the week. So there's just so much, uh, to be, to be really happy about this week. Um, uh, regardless of the 4-0 record, there's just a lot of little things that are kind of chalking up and, uh, we'll get to some of them later in the show, but it's, uh, it was just an unbelievable week. Uh, and one, you know what I called 1-1-1-1 1-1 as my record for the week. And, uh, I'm really happy I was wrong because that was a really solid week.
0: It was a great week. And one thing for me on the end of this week here for the Colorado Avalanche game, it was a game where they showed some grit, some comeback, some not, hey, we're down by two. It's Saturday night. It's the end of a long road trip. We have every excuse we could possibly use to say we just didn't have this one. You know, we'll be happy with what we did. They didn't rest on their laurels. They friggin' came out. And they won that game. So that, to me, it had a playoff feel. And what do good teams do? They win games they don't deserve to win. They make the effort and they get it done. So good teams find a way. And the Leafs found a way on Saturday night, which made me very happy. And something else that made me happy, guys, the faceoff dot was pretty darn good this week too. A lot of guys really stepping up and getting it done. So I'm really happy about that as well. The penalty kill, though, still an Achilles heel. doesn't matter what team they play. Power play goal, St. Louis, Arizona. Go down the list. They're still allowing those power play goals. And, yes, they squeaked one out against the Colorado Avalanche, a good team. But that will eventually kick you in the butt, especially in the playoffs. But the week that will be this week, we got Vegas again. They're going to want to get a little revenge. Arizona again. They'll want a little revenge. And then the New York Rangers. So I'll ask you, Mr. One, one and one. What is your record this week, Clark Monroe?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go with Vegas, Arizona, and the Rangers. I, I feel like this is a a, a week that they, they haven't been in this position in a long time. This is the longest winning streak they've been on since 2003, uh, and which is cool, by the way, because 2003, James, I think if you remember, that was a pretty fun year.
0: Um, but it was 2003 and four. That one wasn't the fun year.
1: Oh, okay. I thought it was the other
0: three. That was the fun year.
1: Yeah, oh, was I thought it was
0: the four. They went on it.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, then. I
0: looked at the same thing because I was like, oh, oh, this could be good. And yeah. Then it was like no.
1: Either way, it's a throwback. <laughs> it's a throwback to the era, so it's better than nothing. Uh, but it's their longest win streak since you know 21 years, uh, and this is a chance for them to really kind of turn a huge corner here. Uh, especially if they get off on a hot foot against Vegas, uh, which I think, you know what, why not? Uh, what, what what signs are pointing at them not being able to play with the Vegas Golden Knights right now, especially with, again, Eichel's still going to be out, Stone's still going to be out. Uh, you know, a few of those other guys that they had out will still well, be out.
0: Just, just to throw a little wrench in that, Eichel actually may be in the lineup.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Screw it. Bring him on. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, he's going to be it.
0: banged up, so.
1: It's his first game in a long time, if that's going to be the case. But either way, uh, you know what? I feel like they showed so well against Vegas uh, on, what was that, Thursday? That uh, why not? Why not? Uh, I think they can get off to us. I'm going to say two and one. Um, There'll be one game this week that they just won't – something will go wrong, I think. But two and one, I think, and it'll be another really, really solid week. Uh, So looking forward to it.
2: I was going to say two and one. But you know what? I'm going to go – 3-0. 3-0. They're going to push this to 10 games and continue the hot streak. Um, I, I I, think that a banged-up Vegas team is, you know, their own Achilles heel. I think Arizona is Arizona. And I know in New York, they have a little bit of juice injected into that lineup lately. But uh, I think uh, Revo is going to knock that guy down to the ground and uh, show him who's boss in this league. Mm-hmm.
0: Listen, there will be a fight with Matt Rampe. I definitely agree that'll happen. I'm going 3-0-0-2, and I'm not doing it for the Jamie Roberts special. I'm doing it because I believe in this squad, man. It'd be great to see them stretch to 10-0. Um, you know, a 10-game winning streak really juice this team up, really get their chances close to catching the top two dogs in the Atlantic Division, also separating them from the Tampa Bay Lightning and Detroit Red Wing below them. You keep winning, you keep the space. Right now, all they did last night was keep the pace. Uh, because the other teams around them did win as well. So you kept that spacing, but you really want to extend that gap and make sure you're one of the top seeds in the Atlantic. It's nice, though. For once, guys, the Maple Leafs, they're not set in stone, and they have to battle for every point and really feel battle-tested going towards the playoffs. So I'm liking how that'll be. But I'm 3-0-0, so we'll see who comes out right on the other side of things. Clark, you were right two weeks ago. I was right last week. Dilly, you're probably going to be right this week. Let's just keep that streak a-rolling. But we'll swing into the GBU, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And for me, I'm going to say this, the good. I look at the stats. I read them all the time. And one thing I was telling you guys a couple weeks ago was the giveaways would be a problem against good teams like Vegas and Colorado. Well, guess what the Maple Leafs have cleaned up? This week, they are not the ones leading each and every game in giveaways. I love it. And their takeaways are up too. You pair those two things together, you have a recipe for success. There is not one game this week that they trail the team in giveaways. That, to me, is a tip of the cap because that is a team that is committed to playing a certain way and making sure they have puck possession. And if you have puck possession, nine times out of ten, you're leading on the scoreboard. So I liked that this week. That's my good Focusing on stuff that I harp about all the time. If I'm going to say it's ugly, I got to say it's good when it's good. Clarky, what's your good?
1: Uh, I think it's it's got to be the lines, the lines. Uh, I know that that's like the next couple of topics, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it: the lines. Um, the nice nice Matthew Marner that hasn't been a problem all year. I think that's been a solid line all year. But the the way that they've combined and basic, basically put John Tavares as a third line center, which we kind of talked about before the season started. Uh, but it didn't, I don't think when we talked about it, it looked like this. Uh, Bobby McMahon being able to play the way he has been and Nick Robertson as that, as that speed option, uh, sorry, as that speed option. Yep. Um, and you know what, I was, I was thinking about it as I was watching the, I think the Vegas game more, but the Colorado game a little bit as well. Uh, and just thinking about how, you know, when, when Tavares was on a line with Bertuzzi and Nylander, you know, Nylander's got all the skill as well, but He's not necessarily that like speedy, you know, pest kind of player. Yep. Uh, and uh, Tavares and Bertuzzi, to me, they're two slower players. So they're not necessarily uh, creating anything together because they're both kind of on the slower side of things. So when you put um, McMahon out there, who's kind of a Zach Hyman uh, type of player with Tavares, which is if you remember, that's when Tavares had the most success, was when he was playing with Zach Hyman, when Hyman was on the team. Uh, And you put him out there with a speedy guy like Robertson, who can just buzz around and get everything done. Um, To me, that's the the right recipe for John Tavares. Is you get those two guys who can do the things that he isn't doing. uh, Whereas Bertuzzi and him, I feel like just were always a little bit a step behind, and it wasn't quite a good pairing. And then you get that Bertuzzi. Domi and Nylander line and man I've been loving watching that line it's so fun out there and you know I I give credit to the Dangle podcast on this one they kind of said it but having two pricks on a line just makes them more pricks like they make them more of a prick each of them and and not only that but it's rubbing off on Willie a little bit I think I think Willie's getting a little bit of that kick in him as well and he's been out there kind of causing some stuff if you remember the game uh, against uh, uh, Arizona, uh, and when Sean dersey kind of ran him into the boards, yes. he kind of went, went and pushed him back and started a whole thing. And Domi and Bertuzzi were out there protecting their star player. And to me, that's awesome. That's what we've been wanting those two guys to do all season long. And I, I called Bertuzzi out a couple weeks ago on this show saying he's not enough of that. He's not doing enough. Domi's not doing enough of that. And this week, I feel like just emphasized that they are doing that and this is now they're feeling comfortable and they're feeling uh like they're maybe as a little mini bash brother pair almost on the line together and they're kind of having a lot of fun so the i'm love yeah the, the mini bash bros because they're not neither yeah. of them are that big I love um that. but i i think it's this chemistry that they found and uh david camp is looking sharp again uh he wasn't earlier in the season i feel like he's looking good uh holmberg i think has found a place beside him and Whoever they put on that fourth line, whether it's Reeves or Gregor, you know, it's just kind of a doesn't really matter because it's going to be Yarn Croak uh, by a couple weeks from now. It's going to be Cali Yarn Croak on that line. So I think this the pairings, uh, the combos that they found. I hope they stick with it because this seems like kind of the magic answer right now. And that's as long long winded answer for my good, but that's the good for me,
0: Dilly. What's your good? We'll get back into those things in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Here, what's your good there, Dilly?
2: Well, my good kind of reflects a little bit on last week because it was, I saw it in the Monday game against St. Louis Blues, but um, I just want to compliment Lily for being very confident and taking on the role of being um, on the power play. Um, obviously with Riley out of the lineup, I thought that was a big moment for him, you know, to kind of take it into his own hands and take a gr- a grasp in growing um in being that reliable second guy if anything were to kind of happen to riley and i think he did it really well um there was uh the goal by matthews that lily i think kind of helped out he was more in the corner which i thought was a little bit different which i think is good because you know unexpected kind of uh movement going on and on the power play is always good you, I know in past years that we've had the problem of, you know, the guys are always in the same position and it was just predictable. So having uh, a different guy out there kind of uh, let everything move smoothly. And um, yeah, that's, that's my good.
0: It's not a bad good at all, man. Here's my, my bad for the week here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. My bad is the fact the expectations just shot through the roof. Leafs nation is not good at managing expectations. If this team is doing bad, the world is ending. If this team is doing good like it is right now, this is the way they should always play. When they lose one game, everyone will be ripped and every head should roll. Leafs Nation, don't bring out that bad. Let's enjoy the roll. Let's enjoy the roll. This team is doing well again. Enjoy it. But at the same time, don't go crazy. Let's just take it one game at a time and see what happens. But Leafs Nation, manage your expectations. This team still needs another penalty killer. This team still needs another defenseman. And this team, as good as it's doing right now, still can tighten it up and do better. And they will. This lineup we'll talk about in a moment can get more out of it. But just for me, the bad is managing the expectations because people are just popping off and going after all other fan bases. It's wild. But Dylan, what's your bad for the week?
2: Um, I know we're going to talk about it later, but... um... Who is my bad? Is this team is so good? Who is going to go uh, down when the the guys that are coming off the injury come back into the lineup? And I know we'll talk about it later. But I oh,
0: cool. can't wait to argue about this. We're gonna have some fun. Some <laughs> fun. <laughs> Mark, just- gonna- uh,
1: it's the penalty kill. Uh, you kind of just said it, James. But uh, you know the penalty kill just needs to continue getting a little bit better. Uh, it, it had some signs of life kind of at times this year but overall it's just i think it's not up to the standard that they need to be everything else is firing at some at really well you know for the most part and i saw a chart the other day of kind of how they rank um on a lot of different categories and they were top 10 in a lot of different categories but except for penalty kill so if they can just sharpen that up honestly that's the bad it's not quite ugly uh but in terms of being what, what could get better, that's like the most glaring thing right now for me is, is the penalty kill uh, and the, the special teams, but mostly the penalty kill.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go with something funny here for the ugly. Okay. Um, and, uh, you guys will get a chuckle out of this. For me, it's the coverage of the Maple Leafs because there's a guy who went down to Arizona where he's from and could possibly score 50 goals. Why did the NHL, and the Toronto media, who's always all over everything negative, why did they not pump this story and milk it for all it is worth? Boyhood man going back to where he came from can score 50 goals, which is still a pretty damn impressive milestone. If his season ended today and he only scored 50 goals, we say that's a damn good season. We all know he's got a lot of runway left, but they didn't pump this up. Like it was like, yeah, it's just 50 goals, big whoopty doo, you know, because everybody's expecting him to score more. This should have been something to pump that game up and really add some flair, some pomp, some circumstance. And I'm sorry, I know the Leafs are covered to death, but this is something that was a little ugly to me. It was ugly like last week with the William Nylander scoring the point and the boys didn't get the puck. This is the same kind of ugly for me. I didn't like the fact this wasn't pumped up. It's a big deal. He's going back to Arizona. It's written in the stars. Scores his 50th and 51st goal. It should have been a big deal. But it wasn't. It was like, yeah, we'll, we'll see him next game. No problem. Move on. If it was the 60th goal, maybe we'd get a little excited. 70, we'd be going crazy. But 50, that's awesome. Matthews at 50. That's what it felt like. And I'm like, man, I was excited. I had a whole graphic done up and everything. Him in the desert, scoring his 50th goal. Wicked. This is cool. This is written in the stars. It's storybook. But the NHL, yet again, carry that ball And do something good with it
1: what do you think was it a tsn game
0: (laughs) oh uh i do
1: yeah because it's on
0: wednesdays
1: (laughs) well uh, yeah i'm pretty sure it was a tsn game james so how much how much do you want to bet if it was how much you want to bet sportsnet was just like well it's not our game so what are we
0: gonna do hang on but okay fair enough what happened to wednesday night hockey no it was tuesday wasn't it nope wednesday thursday was a double back-to-back
1: All right, 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 right. It doesn't
0: doesn't matter where the game is being shown. ESPN has the thing down there for the rights, too, right? Yeah. So get PK Subban to hype it up, man. Get somebody with some juice in their veins to just hype it up a bit. Mm -hmm. This is a big freaking deal. 50 goals at home. It's written in the stars. It's right there for you. It's on a silver platter. Hype it up a little bit. And by the way, Shine some light on your damn pet project, the Phoenix, Arizona. I'm going to leave you soon for a new building, Coyotes. Shine some light on their ass. And really blow some smoke there and just hype the game up. Let people see how cool it looks at Mullet Arena. I want to go see a game there. I like the shadows. I thought it was wicked. I think it's a little intimate environment that if you go once, you could say this is pretty cool. Not somewhere you'd want to go all the time, but it has a little bit of a feel to it. That it's a novelty, but the yeah, NHL just my- dropped the ball. That's my ugly because I think it's ugly that you don't promote one of your star players in a marquee moment of the season.
1: Yeah, it was on Sportsnet apparently, but um, yeah. Either way, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, that's a good point. Um, ugly for me, uh, you know what? I don't. I don't have a ton that stand out. Uh, I'll say this is that I think in terms of ugly. Uh, you kind of set the expectations, James, in the in the bad, and I agree with you there. I'll go. I'll take it another angle, and I'll say uh, to me, their flaws are now like their ugly flaws are now very much. It, I feel like this winning streak has almost shown us exactly what they need. So I'm not saying that ugly in a way that it's ugly about the team. I'm saying their ugly flaws are now so obvious and so clear that I think. It's very much, um, it's very obvious what they need to go do, uh, now. And and if anything ugly is that Brad tree living, hasn't gone and done it yet. Uh, that's the only thing I can really think of right now is that, you know what? It's, it's very clear now. Morgan Riley's partner is priority number one, I think in terms of, uh, a trade target. Yep. Whoever whoever that is. And, And again, we'll have a show for that one. I'm sure before it happens, uh, dedicated to it, uh, so that's, to me, priority number one. I think if you can find somebody who's an upgrade on a Pontus Holmberg for that fourth line left wing who's a dead deadly penalty killer, uh, especially when Yarn, when Yarncrope comes back, if you can picture uh, a fourth line, an effective fourth line of insert person here, not named Blake Coleman, uh, David, David Kampf. I, Blake Coleman would be ideal, but that's an expensive fourth liner. But David Camp and Callie Yarncroke on your fourth line, because Yarncroke's going to be penalty killing as well when he gets back. So he there's your internal penalty killer that you're getting. If you could add another guy, uh, that would just take it to a whole nother level. a whole level. Uh, so I think like those are your two priorities right now. I think Morgan Riley's partner is number one, and that fourth line penalty killing specialist is your number two. Um, and that's my ugly, I guess, is just that, uh, the ugly, the ugly flaws and, and blatant holes are now so clear, go fix them, go, go fill them up with somebody.
0: Dylan, what's your ugly?
2: It's not necessarily an ugly, but I just kind of thought of this one. Oh. I know that we were kind of very hard on a very individual person when he got sent down to the minors. And since he's been ba- been back from the minors, he's gone nine one and zero in his last ten games, and nobody's talking about it. Sir, I think yeah.
0: I, listen, I think everybody's waiting for the the crash, man. And exactly, I don't coming.
2: which I think is terrible because it's going to be a big explosion in Leafland, and Twitter's going to go on fire. They're going to say. Fire Keith, you know, the typical three, fire Brad, hey, Brad, do a move, and or, hey, it's just the Shanna plan kind of sort of thing.
0: It's, hey, you're just talking about exactly what me and Clark just said about the whole expectations, man. Of, of yeah. course. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to show light
2: on Sammy because his numbers have been phenomenal since he's come back, and he turned an ugly into a very, very good, good.
0: Listen, as we said on this show just a few weeks ago, I'm here for the uh, the Sonar Redemption arc, man. And he's definitely uh, making a lot of us eat our crow because we all wanted him not to be around this team. We were yep. not wanting him to be in the net. We were cringing, cringing to the level of uh, Michael Hutchinson. being. I was going to say we were kind
2: of cringing like Edmonton was cringing with Campbell.
0: Oh, soup is cold. Soup is cold. Yeah. Ah, All right. All right. Speaking of uh, things that are cold, you know what? Our friends, they've signed up with the NHL, and they want to give you a great deal on a cold product, and that is we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers get bet five bucks, and get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets. So if you want to bet on the lease games that are coming up this week, whether it's Vegas, Arizona, or the Rangers, get on in there. Download the DraftKings sportsbook app with the code THPM, new customers bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings sportsbook with the code THPM. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-78-97777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bet set to expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright the NHL. All rights reserved. You know what to do. Get over to DraftKings. You THPN. Get in there. Get it done and put on your crown, queen. You know what it is. All right. Let's talk about someone who is putting on their crown right now, and that is Tyler Bertuzzi. We all had our... This guy's just not showing up. I tried to fluff it up by saying, you know what? He's dogging on the puck. He's battling along the boards. He's bringing a little grit. Well, now he's bringing that grit like you said earlier, Clark. He's making Willie show up caveman style as well, a little bit dragging them knuckles. But he's also done something that I've wanted for a while, and I've said it to you, Clark, and probably to you, Dylan. I wanted Tyler Bertuzzi in the net front role, on the power play to bang in the garbage. And that's what he can do really well for this team. You put him there, he doesn't mind getting hacked and whacked and cross-checked and pushed around. He feeds off it. And then when he scores, he screams at you or cheers at you and gets excited because that's the Neanderthal in him. Love it. I absolutely love it. For me, Tyler Bertuzzi is hitting that stride, and so many people from Detroit and Boston said, this guy takes a little while to get going, but when he does, you're going to love him. Well, I think Tyler Bertuzzi just had his coming out party this week, and he's ready to start going. And it all started with Austin Matthews pretty much scoring the goal for him Yeah, to get the monkey out. He's like, we're getting you a goal. Everybody's getting a cookie. You're going to eat here too. So he got it done for Bert. I'm loving what he's bringing. Clarky Bertuzzi, is he growing on you, or do you still want the man to cut the rest of his hair and get the F out?
1: No, no, no. Uh, you know what? This is this is the thing. Is that it's it's the Bertuzzi that um, I was hoping to see is now kind of showing up, and it's I think the presence of Max Domi out there with him has pushed him. Oh, hi, Uncle Blocky. Hi, James. Uh, had the it, had, it has pushed him, Max Domi, to the level we wanted Tyler Bertuzzi to be at. And I also agree with you, James, I think getting him out there on the power play has given him a little bit more confidence. Uh, anytime you can get those touches on the power play, it always helps. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, he just needed to kind of get his role more clear. And I, like I said earlier, I think getting him out on the line with those two speedier skilled guys in Domi and Nylander has also allowed him to be more of who he is. Whereas again, with Tavares, who, who, Uh, again, similar speed in terms of skating ability. Also, John Tavares is, is kind of an underrated low key, like kind of battler in the corners as well. So, and you know, he's the, as Steve Dangle always calls him the little thing King. Uh, he just does all the little things. And, uh, I think him and Tyler Bertuzzi just weren't meshing together, even though they played together for so much of the year. Um, and to put him on a line with, again, another pest and uh, some more skill, I think, in general, just a little bit more speed uh, allows him to kind of just go do his thing and, and go in the front of the net and and uh, just kind of cause chaos. And I think when Tyler Bertuzzi is causing chaos, that's when he's at his best. And this past you know week and a bit, he's really shown that he can do it again. And I think you can see the smile on his face is just uh, is annoying. all you really need is I think he's starting to kind of find his groove and, and start to kind of love being a Maple Leaf, it took him what is it, fifty games, fifty-five games, but yeah. uh, I think you can see out there he's starting to finally love kind of being in the blue and white, and and he's found his niche. So really excited to see if he can keep this up because if he does, this is the five point five million dollar player that we wanted when we signed him. This is the guy we wanted, so I'm excited.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think that you know it, it all kind of stems from the line mates um, here like Domi and Willie have really, you know, complimented him in the right way. Putting him on the power play also gave him the opportunity, obviously, to get the monkey off his back. So I I, I give Keith all the credit in shuffling the lines and, you know, giving guys the opportunity to come up. But um, I, I think Burt just, you know, he just wanted to have that, opportunity to succeed and i think he wasn't getting that at the beginning of the year um but you can really tell that he's loving it because he doesn't even he doesn't even go for his own like little selly he just wants to get big hugs from the boys when he celebrates so i love seeing that um each time he scores um he's he's a great compliment to that that second line and um yeah those boys are rolling on all cylinders right now so i I think it's uh, he's the guy that uh, going forward is kind of our momentum mover in in games going forward, I think.
1: Well, and Sheldon Keefe even said, and I'll keep this short, James, but Sheldon Keefe even said uh, before his hat-trick game uh, in the media that Tyler Bertuzzi he still has a lot of belief in this player and that Tyler Bertuzzi yep. he thinks is going to be a huge player for the team down the stretch and when the games get bigger. Uh, so to hear maybe, you know what, maybe he heard that maybe he's just more getting confident. more confident, a little bit more confident. Because, you know what, for the last couple months, who's to say that he hasn't been kind of doubting himself? Uh, and this last little stretch, I think, is you've seen that burst in that boost in him. It just he seems like he's loving the game again or being ha- playing happier out there and just kind yeah. of having more fun. Uh, and I think Tyler Bertuzzi having fun. Uh, means us as viewers have fun because he just causes chaos out there and that's what we wanted for so long so i'm excited
0: no it definitely makes sense i mean this guy's out there doing what he needs to do he gets fired up least nation gets fired up he feeds off that kind of stuff right so you've seen him when he was with boston breaking sticks and having fun he liked that kind of stuff so we'll see how it keeps going glad that keith is excited for him too third line something to be really excited about though and i've you know, beat my drum about putting players in positions to succeed. You make a line of John Tavares, Nick Robertson, Bobby McMahon. All three players come together. You have John Tavares this season. By his standards, not having a John Tavares-esque season. But you put him on that third line, allows him to have some kind of sheltered minutes, in my opinion, and gives him a chance to play with the younger guys, like McMahon and Robertson. They help elevate his game. He elevates their game with his passing and the prowess he has. Really works well, and it seems like when you slot guys the right way, it starts to come together. And this has come together. This line is clicking. I'm liking it. Hopefully, it sticks. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what have you liked from the third line, Clarky? Because to me, this is a third line we've been waiting for.
1: Yeah, and I think this line wouldn't have been possible three months ago because Bobby McMahon didn't have the confidence that he's shown in the last couple of weeks until the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's really popped player, and he's, he's showing us that he is essentially what Zach Hyman was, uh, when Zach Hyman was kind of finding his groove. Uh, and I'm not saying now I'm saying Zach Hyman, early Zach Hyman. Uh, but we all like what
0: Zach Hyman's here. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. 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 Um, uh, but he's the same kind of player. I see, I feel like he's a, a larger body player, but he's not massive. Uh, but he throws his body around. He gets into the areas uh, to cause uh, disruption uh, in in the especially on the forecheck. Uh, he's he's got a great shot. Zach Hyman always had an underrated shot. Um, he can drive to the net. Uh, he's but he does all those things that are difficult to do, and he's showing that he can do it at a high level and put in put the puck in the net. And again, this this line combination would have been wouldn't have worked I don't think if they if they tried it no. three months ago it just wouldn't work uh Nick Robertson wasn't ready I don't think uh and Bobby McMahon definitely wasn't ready uh I even as as short as about a month ago on this show I called out Bobby McMahon is a guy who's he's on the roster and he doesn't do anything bad but he's also not showing me that he can really do anything to stay in the lineup uh yeah. and he's he can't come out of the lineup now he straight up can't uh he has solidified his spot uh at least on the roster so um, that's, that's the best part to me about this third line is we've seen Nick Robertson's game kind of evolve over the course of the season. John Tavares in a lower role is huge because that puts him up against potentially lesser competition and he can just dominate them. And we've yeah. seen that he's just out there dominating the lower competition and Bobby McMahon is, is thriving. So it's a great, great, uh, line at the moment. And this is a line I hope that we can see even get better.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Really um, third line.
2: A prime example of Bobby McMahon winning a battle was the JT goal in the Vegas game. He won the battle. Uh, Nikki got the puck and dished it out to JT. JT scored. Um, where I think this uh, line is good is the fact that John Tavares can win the faceoff against guys lower down in the lineup. Now you, you might see him go up against a top line, you know, kind of to shut shut them down, but I don't think that's a role at this, uh, moment, uh, right now in the, in the season. Um, but I think it gives John Tavares the advantage that, you know, he can outplay the people on third lines. Um, you know, they're at his speed almost essentially, and he can just out, out man outwork them. Like he, he used to against top talented players. Um, but yeah, the, this, this line is, uh, I hope, the line f- for the rest of the season. I-, I hope they're together for the rest of the season. I know that. Well, let's talk might happen, but yeah.
0: Because we got guys coming back. Yarn Croak on the cuff. Giordano is imminently set to return from Mark Masters today. And then of course you have other guys ready to roll and come back like Joel Wool as well. So that means you have to start making room on this roster. Max Lajoie put on waivers, I believe today or sent down or whatever it was. Um, so he's one casualty already off this roster. Who was playing with this team? Uh, Rafai, I believe he's already gone down as well uh, on an emergency callback or whatever it was. Um, but you look at this team and you say, okay, who's going to be the starting odd man's out? Lagasin, do you put Riley and Gio together and just hope that Gio, hey, stay at home defenseman. Don't get up the ice too far. Just be that grumpy old man in the back end and let Riley do his thing. Is that going to be a thing? But Laguson seems like a smart choice to send down. Some people say that Pontus Homburg, I believe, I think he has two more games. He's waiver eligible still, or not waiver eligible. He can just be sent down and doesn't have to clear waivers. Same with Nick Robertson. We're starting to cut into that line we just talked about by Nick Robertson going down. And Is it going to be the old adage, hey, well, if it makes it the safe thing to do, we have to do it? Or do you start saying, hey, let's just say screw it. The best lineup plays, Jones, you're getting sent down. Reeves, you're getting sent down. Whoever it is, I'm not saying those names because they make sense. Lagasin, whoever it is. What do you do here when everybody gets back, Dylan? Who are you sending away? Do you keep the lineup the way it is, or do you bring the guys back in and augment what you have? I mean, adding Cali Yarncroke is not a bad thing, but does it matter for chemistry?
2: I think if it's not broke yet, don't don't try and tweak anything. Like if if this streak is continuing, don't try and fix it. Don't try. And but tweak you have it. You have to. If you, you have guys coming Yarnco, off
0: IR, you have to make moves.
2: You could you say have to send guys away, or Holmberg is the guy that's going down, and Yarns is going on the fourth. Like that's the only uh, idea that I could think of. Legacy and it's the obviously odd, the odd man. Ollie
0: and Jones would have to go.
2: And then Jones, he, he's probably getting picked up if that's if that's a choice.
0: With the trade deadline on the cusp here, man, and Hildeby being what people think he is, and Joe Wool about to return. Maybe you look at a team and say, Hey, do you want this guy for a third? You could do that. Putting him through waivers, because he's already
2: Wohl has already started in the minors, so I don't know if if that's even an option right now, unless the talks are already happening I, I mean i don't think something can be done that quick
1: yeah i don't i don't think you want to put jones on waivers i think i think to me it's legacy um, and you just put geo in the lineup for now um i think you slow play the jones thing unless unless there's a deal on the place on on the on the table right now
0: um, jones but i has think been battling an injury lately remember
1: okay well maybe they can find a spot for him on the old ir uh but We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I just don't think you put him on waivers. I think uh, right now, I think they only have to put, get rid of one person because uh, Rafi and Lajoie are down. So if, if, to me, it's Laguson. You send him down. I don't think he has to go through waivers. I could be wrong on that.
0: Uh, uh, I don't think Laguson does.
1: I feel like he doesn't have to. So to me, that gives you uh, – you put Giordano in the lineup, and I think uh, you just kind of force feed him the the Morgan Riley minutes for now. Because uh, there just has to be something else in the works here. There has to be. Uh, uh, but I think, like uh, you said, I think you just put Jan Kroak into that forward lineup. You let Holmberg be the extra forward. Um, and you kind of rotate him and Reeves. I guess Gregor is still up, too. So he's another option uh, to get kind of moved. And honestly, at this point, guys, um, love me, Noah Gregor. I love the guy. Uh, if we lose him on waiver, I don't think he would get claimed. I've seen some guys get on waivers in the last couple of weeks where I'm like, that guy could get claimed. And I, I think they're better than Noah Gregor has been. So I think if you put Noah Gregor on waivers to go down, I don't think he would get claimed. And if he does, are we that sad about it? I mean,
0: if it was so- early season, Noah Gregor, Yes, this Noah Gregor right now where he doesn't have the juice and jam he did. And he's uh, losing his uh,
1: spot, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, Reeves Reeves has more of a spot than he does. Yarncroke has more of a spot than he does. Holmberg has more of a spot than he does right McMahon. now. McMahon's not going. So, like, I might lean Gregor, and then that way you can keep Legasin on the roster. You can keep Holmberg as your extra forward to rotate in, and uh, that might be the move. So uh, I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards Gregor, but I think the easy answer would just be Legacy, and then you kind of slow play figuring out everything else.
0: Yeah, like Terry Koshan always tells us, right? Injuries have a way of helping you. You know, when you're coming out of training camp or when you're heading toward the trade deadline. So maybe an $11 million player gets hurt and we put him on LTIR and bring in a bunch of bodies. Who knows? Things happen, man. I mean, Vegas, Tampa. I mean, teams do it. So let's let the Leaf roll the dice. See what happens. But lastly, Sheldon Keith, I want to give the man a little kudos, a little credit. And I made a video about it. I feel this way. I think finally... He's doing what he wants to do with this lineup. He's putting guys in places where he wants them to be, whether it was first out of injury, but now out of necessity and keeping it that way. So often Sheldon Keith goes right back to what he knows, Riley Brody, right back to the same power play unit. Tavares in the bumper. Tavares in that front. That five-man unit stays there. Not now. He is learning that, hey, we can shift things around to make things work. And if things are working Like you just said, Dylan, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. They did it. They've done it. Simone Benoit McCabe, great. Brody Lilligren, great. Riley, find him someone to play with. I don't care if it's a stick man. Cool. That's what we're We're doing. doing. The the pylon.
1: Is that Mark Giordano's new nickname is stick man?
0: Ooh, listen, listen, listen. I think that man comes back with a little fire and hunger in his belly after what he just experienced. Losing a loved one is hard on you, and he's yep. probably going to channel that rage to so the first person he can drive a fist through. So I can't wait to see that rage fight, but also I think the boys rally around Gio and pick up a couple victories for him coming back in that lineup. But for me, Sheldon Keefe, stick taps, tip of the cap, whatever you want to give just him. Just kiss. Yeah, if I could just if-
1: kiss. If I could add to that, I think there must have been, uh, and I'll keep this quick, I, there must have been a very important conversation had uh, with the coaching staff and John Tavares in the last couple of weeks. weeks uh, because not only have they moved him off the, the second line, down to the third line, they've taken him off the first power play unit uh, and he just seems like he is totally on board. Like he seems very bought into this. Uh, it almost seems like it was his idea. And I don't know how far that would go. I would love to have heard that conversation because I guarantee that he was brought into an office at some point and said, hey, John, we're going to try out something different here. Are you on board with this? Are you cool? Is this going to be good with you? Hey, sorry if it isn't because it's happening anyways kind of thing. But like, yeah. but like, but I, I would love to have heard if that conversation happened and, and how on board. I think John Tavares is the type of guy who would have been like, I'm in, let's do this. I, I want this to happen. I think bertuzzi i think tyler needs to be on the first power play unit i think i would actually benefit from being on the second bar like i think he would have been the type of captain who would totally have bought into that uh but i would love to have heard that conversation because i'm sure it was really interesting i think uh,
2: i think john Tavares is just very aware of everything going on even in himself and i think i yeah. think that speaks to the type of person he is i i i could agree with you on that
1: but if he was involved in this conversation i think that this goes a long way back to when he was named captain of this team uh and people thought maybe it should be morgan riley or maybe it should be austin matthews if he's if he was actively on board with this plan and it's going to work out as well as it looks like it's working out uh that is a captain move that is a leadership move right there that austin matthews probably would never have done uh morgan morgan riley it's different because it's a defenseman but like that's the type of captain move that could win some playoff rounds right there if that's the way that they're going to be able to play with this lineup the way it is now so uh shout out to Keith, yes, but I'm also curious how much John Tavares had to do with all of this.
0: Shout out to our captain. Yes. Yeah, captain, my captain. Well, Leafs Nation, we've wrapped up the week. The week is to come. Some more wins, some more victories, some more fun for our Maple Leafs, the boys in the blue and the white. But this right here, we ended tonight, is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.